What's up? It's a nice, hot summer night out there, isn't it, Squeezer? Oh, God, you try being a fat kid in this. Well, Squeeze, I know know you're a little behind. I I don't know. Have you caught up on every blog for the summer vacation yet? Uh, I'm a little behind. It's been... uh, I I haven't been a friend of the internet in the last uh, two days. It's amazing how easy it is for me not to actually even use the damn thing. All you have to do is type radiers.com in your browser and go to our Radiers website to look at our summer vacation event with new blogs every day, Squeezer. I'm well aware, and the fans should do that. Yeah, but I can't even get my own Squeezer to do it. Look, I, 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 I binge watch. I binge read. Okay, so you're saving a couple up. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to, because sometimes I read one, I'm like, ooh, what's next? You know, you gotta... Have you had a favorite so far? Um... Don't put me on the spot like that. Well, did you like anything in particular I've written about? Yes. <laughs> uh, would you care to expound on it? No. So you haven't read any of them? That's no, I've, I've read all of them up until like two days ago, but I uh... retain things <laughs> like a colander retains water. Uh, well, anyway, we have been, uh, traffic's been driving up, not just in the United States, Squeezer, we've had Bangladesh, India, uh, Singapore, China, um, of grace, our friends to the north, Canada, well, used to be friends in the north, uh, Canada, uh, all over the place, uh, plenty of people around the great old USA reading our, uh, summer vacation Holy shit, am I really that far behind? I apologize. I went on to just to double check. I really was, like, keeping up with this. Yeah. And, uh, like, time just kind of, like, just took off <laughs> what, was, what was the last one you read? Um, it was in June. Oh. Well, that's... Well, I, I was kind of away for a week, so... Like, mentally. Well, what, what... I mean, what was the last one you read? We're trying to sell this here. Tell the people. Oh, you're staying up late stories. That was that was sweet. It oh. reminded me a lot of mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's which is kind of We got I got some feedback on that. That's it. people said it's always the the fight of the microwave. And I still do that to this day. Like when I go downstairs cuz uh, Enchantress is in bed already right now. Mm-hmm. She goes to bed like 10:30. You know, she's supposed to go to bed like 9, 9:30, but I keep her up to like 10:30, sometimes 11. Mm-hmm. So she's in bed right now and, and I'll go down to like make a, a Velveeta Easy Mac or like a Hot Pocket. And I, mm-hmm. I, like, stop the microwave right before it hits one. But do you do you push the button? Not not literally push the button, but No, you... I just open the door. Well, I meant, like, last minute. Like, you wait for that one. Even hang on, like, that last tenth of a frame of yeah, a one. It does. And it drives her nuts because then I don't reset it. And she comes downstairs and it just has, oh, like... kind of a dick move. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I always pretend there's a bomb in my microwave. I think she hates, I don't think, like, if the beep went off in the microwave, it would wake her up at all. No, I don't think so. So I think she dislikes that I don't 
reset it. I mean, she doesn't care. It's just a pet. Probably the sound of you actually physically opening it makes just as much noise as one probably simple more. beep. Yeah, probably more notes. But I open it so quietly. Um, or, or you loudly, um, the, the, the screams from bellowing from your body as you bite into a hot pocket. <laughs> um, what are you doing to me? Scalding. Well, I was, oh yeah, that too. I was thinking just scalding. But yes, your organs physically fighting against you for putting that inside you. Um, yeah, that, no, that I always like to start the microwave and then leave the room for a certain amount of time and like see if I can make it back in time. It's like a fun little game. With me oh, and okay. I'm, I'm, get, I'm practicing for when the robots actually, I do have to actually do this right. in real life. I, I, uh, in writing all these blogs, Squeezer, it's it's mm-hmm. been twofold. Um, Enchantress has been proofreading for me, and I've been making less mistakes, and oh, sometimes yeah. no mistakes. So my my skills as a writer have been getting more important. It's like you know, I I, I consider I, I'm a good writer, I think, but uh, not a not a good writer. I'm an okay writer, uh, but my grammar skills and everything. Once you start, once I've, I I think I I haven't missed a day since June twenty first. When we started it. So, and I'm pulling most of these out of my ass. They're true stories, all of them. But I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about it. My, I was really stretching on 4th of July. I'm like, what can I write? I want to write about 4th of July. So I just sat there and I just like let the memories flood over me. And it made me happy. And all these blogs have made me happy. I can't believe you remember things. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Oh, really? You don't remember yeah. any of this stuff? You have stories. No, no. I do, but I have to like, I have to start digging and then find something and then latch onto that and then either actually remember something or using the absurd imagination that I have create something a la the Matrix. And whether or not it's real, it doesn't matter because oh. it's a, it becomes a memory. So you need like a totem, like something online to help spark yes. the memory, which we try to be for people. Yes, that's what I am. I'm I'm the turtle at the bottom, and you are the owl at the top. It's all about uh, circumference. Uh, well, regardless, um, I, I, I sit there and I think about it and I can remember like the shirt I'm wearing, the scent of the day, the, the feel mm. of the grass. Like I can remember every, I can remember, I could put myself in that moment. And um, they're fleeting. I drove past my old house today. Oh, how'd that feel? Uh, depressing. Why is that? It's pink. Yeah, I know you don't like that color of that house. It was a red brick. Yeah. They painted it pink. I know. Well, buy it back the and only... restore oh, it. Fuck that. No, no, because I know what I did to that house when <laughs> I was a teenager growing up in it. So, um, uh, Not being gross. I visit like we just, me and my friends, we, between summer fun fireworks and, oh, shit. That, that brought back so many memories. This year really did some stuff back because we talked about my firework adventures and just you know basically just trying to be frugal and save on shipping and handling but i don't know unless you live in pennsylvania you don't think anything of it but they passed a law back in october right basically making all the fun fireworks that everyone else gets to play with uh legal right like you could sell them in pa but pa people can't buy buy them them, right that's why along the new jersey border there's a ton of firework stores so people from jersey come over and buy all the fun ones and then take them back home well, now it was like a war zone down oh, yeah. my way. Oh, my God. Wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. I loved it. I mean, I was down here I was down here at night uh, doing some show prep, and 
at least three times I had to pull my headphones off because I thought, like, I had the dishwasher running. I thought, like, something happened and the dishwasher was, like, exploding Schmuffin because the house was shaking. Did not like it. <laughs> yeah, animals are not friends. I am yeah. I'm impressed we, the little squeezette uh, we thought, made it through the night without being too pissed off. We thought Schmuffin was going to be okay, but uh, she kept hiding. She's still hiding underneath the spare bed, which is her hiding spot, her ah. safe spot. Cause I thought cats like don't don't give a fuck. Like nah. dogs, dogs are you know like oh there's a loud noise. You know nah. like great great little guard dog. Well, Schmuffin um, is a scaredy cat. She's just like you. Okay. She's just like Uncle. I Sweeter. feel you, Schmuffin. Yeah. So um, anyway, if you're if you're interested in reading any of these blogs, starting with July twenty first, I intro I kind of introed it in July twenty first. I wrote about like the first day of summer vacation. Um, I wrote about driving movies, uh, mini mart shopping. I reviewed weird candy, summer cereals. I talked about Ghostbusters. I talked about Saturdays in the summer, staying up late, like we talked about Friday nights. With uh, I posted uh, Thunder and Paradise on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave a, I gave a eulogy for Toys R Us. I remembered like three or four very distinct Toys R Us memories. Just jotted them down on the day they closed down. Um, All my memories from Toys R Us got replaced by being yelled at oh, by uh, she must have mothers at Christmas. Hey, Schmuffin. She hurt. She must have heard us talking about her. She popped in. Hi, Schmuffin. Um, but yeah, if you if you haven't been reading, you can start now, and you can read along with me. We can we'll have our own little segment called Read Along with Squeezer, um, where we catch up on the the week's events. I don't know who I, I have a cough and Schmuffin is, is is howling in the background. Do you hear that? I do. She's Poor little thing. thing. Yeah. She wants her attention. Uh anyway, uh we are talking comic books, everything comic books today. And I just got back from a comic book movie. I saw Ant Man and the Wasp tonight. How was it? I mean, you know how I have a very, very, very weird uh love of a love for Paul Rudd. You're sexually attracted to him. I am not just sexually. I'm every attraction to Paul Rudd. He is just so okay. goddamn charming. Yes, yes so he is. He continued his streak of being charming as fuck in this movie. He's fantastic. The whole movie's great. It's really, it's a really fun watch, and it it does tie in with Infinity War and everything going on. Excellent. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I'm looking forward to maybe early next week. One of those like nine o'clock showings. I will. I'll get out. So. So I and I. I um. I haven't seen every Thor on preview night. I haven't seen every Iron Man on preview night. I haven't even seen every Captain America on preview night. But now I can say there's two two, Mar- MCU series that i've seen at the preview night and it was it's uh, guardians of the galaxy and um not even guardians i couldn't see the original guardians because the music fast right so i'm ant-man that's it no shit i've seen every ant-man on the preview night who would have thought too not that you can say you saw ant-man on preview night but that you can you saw ant-man period i know it's it's a great time to be alive like kevin smith says it all the time we live in a fucking it's it's a great time to be alive it is it is, and I I will eventually be discussing some of the some of the dark times, actually, right. well, and some stuff that was ahead of its time. We're about to talk about most of my memories come as at at the edge of the bubble when it mm-hmm. all came crumbling down. Yeah, 
this it was it was a peak and right after most of the stuff we're talking about there was a very steep valley Mm -hmm. the movie batman and robin happened the (sighs) the over speculation bubble burst i was actually i was listening to a podcast and someone on it was talking about how they that was one of their favorites and how it's such a fun batman movie did you did you i was screaming i i don't get mad at for people's opinions um it's it's almost unwatchable it's painful yeah so (laughs) most of these this are right before the bubble burst and 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 a lot of people look to ground zero as the batman and robin movie but it it really isn't that's not what did it but it is very much that was a symptom of it yeah that was very much a A, a big open sore right like uh necro necropis neck what's the word i don't know necrosis necrosis like when it's like dead flesh just regardless of our poor uh, yeah wording uh (laughs) i think batman and robin was the final nail and they're Mm -hmm. like all right because Mm, you know what no sorry dysentery sure sure that's it's the dysentery of the comic book world I mean, so Hollywood did not drive the comic book industry at this time. Um, almost Fox Kids did. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't help. And it would be Hollywood that saved it, but it was also Hollywood that almost killed it. So. Oh, we will get into that. I'm already. You hear that? I'm building my soapbox. All right, well, you are you ready to go for your first pick? Oh, yeah, my first one's real fun. Let's go. All right, here we go. X-Men, the evil mutant's primary attack. As Juggernaut harnesses his battering ram, Magneto reveals his magnetic force. Leave the attack, Juggernaut. But waiting are the X-Men. Evil mutants. Wolverine flashes claws of steel, while Cyclops turns on laser power. This city is and the giant apocalypse is powerless by the mighty Colossus. Lost again, Magneto. X-Men and Evil Mutants each sold separately from Toy Biz. Oh, good, uh, good commercial. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Now, I'm specifically, um, specifically just want to talk the Wolverine figures because there are so many, um, variations of them over the years. But uh, listening to it again, I want to just, I'm thinking... The guy doing the voiceover on that commercial, you know, he's reading through the script and he's going over it and he's saying it over and over again. And like, oh, read it this way, read it that way for the most part. You think he's like, what the fuck am I even reading? So this one eye guy has a laser cannon. And is Apocalypse a person? Is it an event? Is it a thing? And this Wolverine, is it a dog or is it a man dressed up as a Wolverine? I just, I just picture him reading this like, what the fuck am I reading right now? Give me my check. Uh, yeah, that that's funny. That's true. Now, for me, I these are amongst my favorite. It, it's funny because, you know, you have G.I. Joe's, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, uh, Jurassic Park figure. They were, they were huge to me. But some of my favorite figures that like, I didn't have the full collection of... Um, were the the Toy Biz Uncanny X-Men ones. Um, and especially like the second 
uh, editions of them. Like the, so they came out, started coming out in 91. And you have, uh, that's like when you had like Nightcrawler with the suction cups. Right, the original um, Cyclops. Yeah, the original Cyclops. Uh, you, you, they listed them all in the, um, in the commercial, but uh, most of them were of the um, designed after their comic uh, representation um, in the late '80s, if you will. Right. Uh, so, like the wolf, this one Wolverine in particular. So this is that that darkish, uh, the brown one. Like the brown and kind of gold. Let's call it goldenrod. Okay. Um, th- that that's the first one, and I had him. I think I might have yard sailed him actually, but it comes. It, he doesn't have a mask on, but it comes with a mask that also doubles as a ring, which was very fun because you know they don't want to make any female figurines because boys don't want to play with that, but let's make yeah. them rings because boys want to wear rings. Makes plenty of sense. Um, the mask didn't fit on just great, so it looked more like Wolverine Whoa. went to like uh, a costume ball, and he's wearing like one of those little masks that you would wear at a masquerade ball. But what was cool was he did have uh, like spring-loaded claws. Um, so, like, his arms were stiff, and this was also 91. It was at the turning point when I started really articulating stuff. And so, like, his head could turn, the, his legs and knees could bend, but his arms were just stiff and only at the shoulders because, similar to, like, the, uh, remember the old Star Wars figures that had the lightsabers in the arm? In the hand. The, in the hand, the originals, yeah. and they would, like, pop out. Yeah, that's how his claws telescope. Were. So they, yeah, they would telescope out. That's how his claws were. Right, I had. Um, so uh, before we go any further, I want to take umbrage with you saying boys weren't interested in rings. Oh boy, I just want to say not ring pops. They were it, delicious. In brightest day, in blackest night, oh, no geez. evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worships evil's might beware of my power. Green lantern's light. Mm-hmm. I had, and I got this at a church bazaar oh dear lord remember that kryptonite ring that came with the superman figure from toy biz uh i did i did not have that one no no well i didn't have the toy either but someone had the ring there for sale for a dime and i bought it and i was (laughs) uh i was hal i was green lantern for probably (laughs) four months i didn't take that thing off and i would probably a better better green lantern in the cinematic version oh yeah i i I didn't you know i didn't even see that thing piece of shit i saw it on fx or some shit like that it was the best green thank god there was a commercial came on so there's something to watch the best screen green lanterns were uh the justice league show in the in the Mm -hmm. bruce timbers but um yeah i would recite the oath um of course only the Green Lantern Oath, never the red, orange, or sinistro. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, that's why I wore a ring, and I, that's well, why I, I apologize. I you were a very masculine ring wearing, <coughs> door getting, head getting stuck in automatic door superhero. Thank you. I appreciate your apology. Yes, always willing to. It's. 
a mature thing to do. It absolutely is. Thank it's you. Like wearing rings, plastic rings. You know what? Unless it was a spider ring. If it was a spider that came at like Halloween and you were in, that's all cool. Then you then you can wear those. But yeah, I wore those too. The red, black, but I was and afraid ones. of spiders, so I didn't. The black and orange ones you're talking? Uh, any any kind of like even just a plain black ones or yeah, yeah, I was scared. I don't like spiders. <sighs> but the second edition of Wolverine was more based off of. Well, it's the original. It's the uh, one before the brown, the blue, and the updated. Yeah, the uh, the updated, the second version of it, like the what they did with. Um, they basically took the brown one and added the original colors. Yeah. Well, it's the it's your animated series. Yes. Wolverine. That second everyone, animated series Wolverine. Second animated. Series. And not Australian. It, it's beautiful. It's it's I, this is my favorite one out of all of them. This was the first one that I got. Um, again, he also had the spring loaded claws but now he could bend at the elbows they're figuring that out um and he had this uh what do they call twist waist action figure um which so they had like this little uh serrated thing on the back that would like grip your thumb and you could twist it and then he can like swing back and forth and that's how he would claw his enemies to death um will be berserk attack yes um and he came with a trading card which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, he also came with a gun. Yeah, um, but it was a small gun. A, a small gun with a big scope. Yeah, it was a weird gun. And it made no sense. Like, it, this felt like that there was something just kind of lying around. And they like, well, we need to give him an accessory because he didn't have a mask now. I, I don't need an accessory. Wolverine. He's a man. Right. Like, I don't, Wolverine doesn't need a gun. Give him, put a severed head in, you know, something like that. The, uh, Wolverine wasn't, a, I mean, he, I loved the Wolverine that was done on um, the animated series, but mm. I don't think Wolverine was truly uh, represented until Logan. And oh, on film. No. Like Hugh Jackman's portrayal of Wolverine was always good, but he yeah. became truly Wolverine. The grittiness, the the, 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 the also the, the sadness that comes slicing with the through sad yeah and slicing through motherfuckers. That's what we yes. all wanted to see. Yes, like that that, ra that rage that comes from just that emptiness. You know? yeah, absolutely, just, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and what a, it was a sad movie, but man, did it. It's up there. It's one of my favorites. Um, and then, so, they continue. There were five. Um, and I'm, I'm just talking the initial releases, because then they started getting crazy, adding, like, dinosaurs in and shit like that and making them a monster, and I'm not going to get into all those. But, so then the third edition, they actually kind of went back to um, the comic, um like the gold and blue team one where it's like the a basic suit and this one he doesn't come with a mask at all <coughs> still got the springy claws still comes with the weird gun but you still get the awesome trading card uh and he still has the twist action right move on the four now we're really changing shit up we're going straight up weapon x now it's a pretty cool looking figure i didn't have this one in particular i have um, i have a weapon x a KB exclusive downstairs. Ooh, Mr. Fancy Pants. Uh-huh. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I I can't tell. Like if I as a kid, I didn't like it. Um, because for me, like I wanted my Wolverine that I knew. Uh, that I was more familiar with. Like, yeah, I knew Weapon X, but like, he wasn't. Weapon X wasn't part of my story day in and day out. You know. Um, <coughs> and again, this guy came with the training car, but he comes with the helmet. And other than it being a little bigger in scale than it would have to be in real life, but it's a toy, so you have to make things a certain way. You know, it's not like it could be made of aluminum or something. Oh, that'd be cool if they did. Um, but it comes with the helmet, and he was pretty cool. And then they came out with, like, the the fifth edition was, like, the Spy Wolverine gear. Right. And now it's really starting to look like a Kenner toy. Yeah. Um, well, you, you know. if this got mixed in with a bunch of, uh, your, uh, uh, Dark Knights, uh, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice the difference. Because he comes with about 7,000 knives, um, on top of the two that, you know, come out of his hands. Um, but me personally, the, the second edition, uh, that's more based off of most resembling, like, the cartoon... And then, like, the, the, the second coming of, of the original, like, you know, 1970s Yellow. That one, by far, is my absolute favorite. All right. Those are, I mean, those are great figures. And, um, quite frankly, probably some of the best sellers. That's why he got so many. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who got I think Cable got the second for the most figures, but we all yes. fucking love Cable. And I had a shit ton of Cables, too. Cool. So uh, before I get to mine, I I got you know, my birthday is Monday. I am. An I am an Were ex- you just telling me this because you didn't want to be embarrassed when I you have to remind me that's your birthday, so you're doing it now? Mm, yes. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um. Anyway, uh, tonight after we got back from the movie, Enchantress was excited to give me another. She already gave me one birthday present. Um. But she wanted to give the me, fucking Hanukkah. She wanted. I know, right? She wanted to give me another one. Uh, so she gave it to me and I opened it up. She got me a signed, authenticated copy of an original pressing of Spider-Man Blue book two, uh, signed by, um, Tim Sale. And you know how much, you know how much I love Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, probably my favorite, uh, the writing and drawing pair next to, um, well, I have a couple. I don't want to just start writing a lot of names, but um, they're they're my they're actually my absolute favorite. I mean, I, it's okay. You can you can list names. It's not a name drop if you you know you're not like tight. Well, you know I love Denny O'Neill, and yes. um, are you just trying not to hurt anyone's feelings that one day? Well, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams were fantastic. And yeah. every time I see at, we're at New York Comic Con, I see the Neil, the Neil Adams uh, signing his his comic book art mm-hmm. with that 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 Batman cover, the Batman with the Joker and the big card. Yeah, you got thing. as giddy as I did, like when I saw that they were handing out free coffee samples at the Marvel thing. I know Neil Adams is just my fucking favorite, and that coffee was really good. Uh, yeah, but again, like, like current, like let's let's talk current, like Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, who did like mm-hmm. 
the new 52 run of Batman to start with the Court of Owls. Like, I mean, that's some of the best writing and drawing Batman's ever seen. And that was not even that long ago. So there's been, a, I feel like Batman brings out the best in pairs. And th- those guys didn't think they were going to work well together at all. And they just mesh so well because of the love of Batman. But still, mm-hmm. my favorite and everything is Jeff Loeb and uh, Tim Sale. And Loeb got his start. He was writing movies. He wrote like a Teen Wolf and Commando. Um, <laughs> but he got his start writing the Chals, Challengers of the Unknown. And he did such a good job. He took the Chals out of like a box and they were doing nothing and they started selling books. So they offered him. He wanted Batman so bad. And um, he was he was having Tim Sale draw. And he wanted Batman so bad. And they wouldn't give him the, the run. But they gave him the special. They had the the Legends of the Dark Knight run, where they'd have different artists and and, and authors come in and write for those. And they offered him a Halloween special, and that is my next pick. First pick. Citizen standing up for what's right. Gotham needs heroes like you, elected officials, not a man who thinks he is above the law. Exactly. Who appointed the Batman? We did. All of us who stood by and let scum take control of our city. But this is a democracy, Harvey. When their enemies were at the gates, the Romans would suspend democracy and appoint one man to protect the city. And it wasn't considered an honor, it was considered a public service. Harvey, the last man that they appointed to protect the Republic was named Caesar, and he never gave up his power. Okay, fine. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So that fantastic, wonderful scene from the greatest Batman movie ever made would not exist without Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's uh, Long Halloween. They gave life to Harvey Dent and gave a backstory that is so like sad and haunting mm-hmm. that even Batman himself finds it hard to, to not sympathize with. And uh, they started with uh, the Batman Haunted Night collection. And I remember buying these because they were gimmick books. None of these books are really worth anything if you have first runs because they printed so fucking many. Just like X-Men number one by Jim Lee, who would mm-hmm. later go on to draw Batman Hush with Jeff Loeb, which is a fantastic fucking book. And I've been telling you to read it. I know it's on your list, but you don't really read. So, uh, Nothing from that? You're not even going to fight back anymore? Well, sorry, I was reading something in preparation for the next thing that you were going to say. Oh. I, I said, I've been telling you to, how many how many uh, years have I been telling you to read Hush, Batman Hush? Uh, f- when did I come back? Eight. At least. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Jeff, uh, but Jim Lee, obviously, uh, we, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention X-Men number, Uncanny X-Men number one, the best-selling comic book of all time, Jim Lee fucking god amongst men who is now the chief creative officer for dc entertainment congratulations he's my hero remember how giddy i got when i saw him too oh yeah and there was like no one there and so the you, you and my sister are like get in line get something sound i'm like i don't know what to say to him i'm like i'm just happy he exists yeah i almost like you had coffee. I would say I had you had the same reaction as I had when I didn't want to go up and talk to the Hulkbuster cosplay guy. <laughs> he was amazing. He was. Uh, but I, I'm I'm a big comic book fan. I'm a level where I, I mean, I think these guys are, you're able to pick out. But I, I yeah, kind of know what these guys look like. I, um, 
like I, I there's a, a certain group of comic book uh, artists and, and authors that I worship. And they're your rock stars. They're my rock stars. Uh, and we can get into the whole rock star thing later too, if you want, because that plays a role in down the road. It sure does. I mean, Kiss had a comic book that was printed with their blood. Well, not not literally Rockstar, but oh. I meant like Rockstar artists like that. They, when they become bigger than the material. Oh, I uh, I don't think I think um, some the, the reason why my favorites like Bruce Tim, who wasn't strictly comic books, but drew the animated series, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Sale, Jim Lee, uh Neil Adams, like, they're just, I mean, that's like the Mount Rushmore Batman artists, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you even put Greg Capullo up there because I think he just did such great work. It, it, but you're, I'm going to shit on some Deadpool fans are going to fucking be pissed at me um, because... Leave Rob alone. Well, Rob was the... <laughs> Rob could not draw feet. <laughs> And he drew. I think he created Azrael. I I actually had a uh, a, a foot joke for our last segment, but I kind of lost the the wording of it. So I figured rather than just let it bomb, uh, I'll just I'll move on. So I'm I'm, I'm glad we can. <laughs> he uh, bring up feet. Yeah, he. I, Rob Rob's great. I love Rob Liefeld, but he could not draw feet, and he. I mean, they drew Azrael. I could be wrong. I want to double check that he drew Azrael. Um, on and Nightfall, which, if I didn't talk about in the Batman episode, we'd be spending this whole thing talking about Nightfall because mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite comic book arcs of all time. It was the first one where I was all in, like where I was able to follow along and have each piece of the puzzle, because I w- I was a dumb little kid. I didn't have everything like if there was a series and especially if they were jumping from like you know um uh, i don't want to say franchise um like i like the whole ip crossover thing when they started doing that like i'm out like i i i couldn't follow along i was buying my comic my comics at the uh fucking hilbert's uh, you know pharmacy so so I uh, we had plenty of comic book sh- stores. One which still exists that you you go to now, but um, yeah, I actually I was gonna think about swinging in there tomorrow. If Dominic you're at Comic Masters went to Catholic school with me, and um, he he opened up a comic book store years ago, almost twenty five years ago, and it's still open to this day. It's the only store in that mall that doesn't smell like dog pee. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, because it's the only store that didn't have dogs pee in it, I think. Uh, true. True. So it looks like... Uh, that includes a dollar store. Denny O'Neill and Joe Quesada. Now, the Joe Quesada, you could add him up there. Grant Morrison. Oh, Grant Morrison was one of the creators. I fucking love Grant Morrison. Fucking Grant Morrison <laughs> in the, into his, his Wiccan. He, his run of JLA and the Rock of Ages. That was another on my shortlist, JLA of Rock of Ages. Like that storyline where he like Batman like outsmarts death and dark side. Like fucking Christ, man. You can't get better than that. Like if you ever read Grant Morrison's JLA run, 
uh, like just just follow Amazon. Sometimes they're on sale for like five bucks, and I think there's like six six like collections. But I think collection two or three has the Rock of Ages storyline. Fucking Christ, it's so good. You won't find better. Like that's why I don't get why they didn't pull from Grant Morrison's run of JLA for for the the Justice League movie. Like there's so much. I'm sorry, there's so much good shit out there. Right? Squeeze. Back me up I on this. I don't. I'm. I'm still confused about what was going on with Justice League. Uh, well, if it was too many hands in the pot, or I. I mean, Grant Morrison gets out there, but I would have let Grant Morrison. I would have let Grant Morrison write fucking J- my Justice League movie. I, I'm. You know what movie I'm excited for? Speaking of, because we're, we're kind of off topic now. Oh, of course we are. The Teen Titans go. Teen Titans go to the movies. <laughs> I love that show. Like it's so fucking great. Uh, and again, you have nothing. I think. I think. Um, Squeeze I, that I would didn't love it. commit to. My, I I pick one up here or there. It wasn't. Uh... What's a kid's show? I think Squeeze that would love it. Um, she's in the Muppet Babies right now. That's. I know. I, I saw that. Snap a uh, text you sent me. I was like, "Fuck, they look good." Yeah. Oh no, the animation is uh, is gorgeous. But yeah, they, that little Mario two uh, egg uh, Easter egg that they threw in there was pretty cool. So uh, I guess I spoke. I mean, I, I wanted to bring these up because I love fucking Jeff Loeb and Bruce Tim. They meant so much to me. Uh, but I got I I would not know they existed unless I went to a comic book store and I saw the like. The, the hologram covers on the Halloween issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge... You know how much I love, like, special holiday edition shit? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was buying holiday edition Halloween, and Halloween's like my favorite. Halloween edition uh, uh, Batman comic books. Are you kidding me? Which... It, I mean, and, and you got the hologram ones? Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, we well, well we can always readjust... We, uh, re... Um, I also have the... This? Linticate, what's that? Linticated covers? Lidocaine? No, the the covers, the hologram. Linticate, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, anthropomorphize. An- anthropomorphize? Yes. Poster. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Lenticular. That's the word I'm looking for. And what's the definition of lenticular? Lenticular is like one of those like holograms where you move it side to side and it looks 3D. Can I have the origin? <laughs> no. You can Can you use it in a sentence? I can. I was a suck I was a mark, as they say in the wrestling <laughs> business, for lenticular comic book covers or holograms. Lenticular. Shaped like a L- lentil. That e- almost killed me. N T I C U L A R. Lenticular. That is correct. Sweet. Wow. I, I looked up the definition and it says shaped like a lentil, especially by being biconvex, relating to the lens of the eyes. Can we talk about how we did a shoot? How you ate lentils. How you I ate lentils yourself. not thinking about it and I almost died. You're like, oh, this is good. And I get a text. Uh, I'm going to go get some Benadryl. Right. And, the, and I looked it up and it's in the same fucking family as every single goddamn other thing I'm allergic to. 
Why didn't I think I would be allergic? Like, why? What? <laughs> I thought I was thinking beans. Like, I'm like, oh, these are like, you know, big beans. These will be fine. No, nope. it's a legume. It's a legume. Just like peas. Just like fucking everything else that I'm allergic to. Chickpeas. Chickpeas. Somehow bananas. I, I think nature is trying to tell you something. I should just fucking kill myself. No, you don't have to. Nature is going to do it for you. How comes uh, soybeans? I just can't eat shrimp because I think I can't. Why am I, why am I not allergic to peanuts or peanuts? Why am I not allergic to that, peanuts? I don't know. That is weird. Yeah. Maybe because they're so far like um, off the chain if we've developed them over time, you Maybe. know, like cultured them. And I eat so many of them. And eh, could be. But like, or you could just be a psychopath and you thought you were having a reaction. No, I didn't. Like that would have had to mean I knew it, right? Like my immediate like thought when I started feeling like the tingling was like, what vegetable was in here? That I'm, I'm like, was there carrots in here? Wait, you can't have carrots? Not anymore, no. Oh my god. I know it's horrible. Well, I guess we're scrapping our Buster and Babs Bunny cosplay for Halloween. <laughs> well, I I wouldn't go that far. All right, all right. I'll eat the carrots. So, regardless, uh, I can't eat most of these goddamn beautiful plants. It's all right. You can still have meat. I can still have meat. <laughs> Vegan food <laughs> kills me. That's what I got out of that. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, well, we're gonna we're like like four hours in, and we're only each had one pick. So <laughs> one pick in. Let's let's move on. And it's 107 degrees down I, here. I know. I I might pop my shirt off. I'm sweating so hard. I might too. Nope. I can't get it off. Oh, the back. Okay, All right. Here, everyone. Here's Squeezer's next pack. Raised in a wasteland. Water is power. <laughs> Red on violence. I like pink. And coming to save the future. Great movie. Uh, fantastic. And this is this is what I was building my soapbox for initially. Um, this movie, look, it's in no way is it a perfect movie. No. Um, but most of its flaws, and I mean, it was working off of a like a twenty five uh twenty five million dollar budget. Um, and I honestly, I wasn't really even introduced to the comics until after I saw the movie. Well, the movie came out when we were like children, Squeezer. Yeah, well, it was what, 95, you know, so... Yeah, all right, well, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been reading Tank Girl any earlier than that anyway. Absolutely not. Um, and, and, no. and I could quick add that I wanted to bring up Hellboy and Sin City, but I didn't start reading Hellboy until college and Sin City till college. And both... Mm-hmm. Both books were led to me by Batman. Not the fucking movies. I read the books before the movies, so don't think that. They were led to me by uh, Mike Wignola, was a Batman artist, and he drew Hellboy. And, of course, fucking Frank fucking Miller, the god amongst men. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns. Batman, you're one. Do I have to go Do I have to go any further? No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. No, no but just... I was led to those books 
chasing artists, but I didn't until I was, you know, in college mm-hmm. and could and and had proper New York City comic book shops. No, that's true too. Oh yeah, you have you know, you're in the hub. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and, but and but fine. Uh, but Tank Girl was one I, I I would start reading then too. I, I was I really couldn't get into it because I I would just like pour through Sin City like collections. I fucking mm-hmm. love Sin City. But Tank Girl, Tank Girl would get like off on tangent sometimes. Not that we don't, but not that we don't. But no, the weirdness of it, and yeah, oh yeah, there are some very wordy pages. Um, and uh, so Tank Girl was actually so it was created back in '88 by uh, Jamie Hewlett and Alan Martin. Jamie Hewlett would go on to be a co-founder of the Gorillas, um, and you can see it in the animation. Yeah. Uh, the influences there. So, um, the idea of shopping this around as a film, and there were, there were so many people actually interested in the material that wanted to make this movie. Um, there were so many, I'm going to go so far, all these people, all these artists that loved the source material wanted to create this movie, and they shopped around, and uh, no one wanted it. And finally, uh, who the fuck picked it up? Was it New Line? I want to say, uh, I probably should have had that written down. Doesn't matter. Um, they gave him $25 million um, to make this movie. And uh, Rachel uh, Talele, who had done a, a, a Freddy movie United beforehand. Artists. Hmm? United Artists. Oh, United Artists. Thank you. Uh, new, yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, she was, you know, in, inspired by this. Um, Lori Petty was uh, s- obsessed with wanting this role, and she was coming off of League of Their Own and Free Willy. Um, and uh, but she actually didn't even get the role. Uh, someone else got it, and then refused to shave their head. And she's like, "Shit, I'm doing it!" And so, boom, shaved her head. Uh, and then you brought boom. in. Ice-T, who had no idea that he was going to play uh, a mutant kangaroo that would require three hours of prosthetic work. <laughs> um, and a very young, uh, fresh, uh, first big production uh, for her, uh, Naomi Watts, uh, came in. Oh, the Australian. All the Australians yeah. getting in on the action. Yeah. So, um, and then even... so. <laughs> They wanted it to look cool, and so to do, um, you know, the rippers right and stuff is going to take a lot of prosthetics and uh, some real artwork. And who do you go to for that but Stan Winston? And they didn't have the budget for Stan Winston. Stan Winston loved the source material, loved the idea of, like, crafting these characters. So he slashed his costs in half because he wanted to work on this film. So when I tell you that th- this was a like a work of love, everyone involved in this film wanted to make this movie. They loved the source material. They they loved the meaning behind it. Like th- it really is like the first real like feminist uh, movie. Now I'm sure like they would um, it would be hated because it's like oh she is sexual in some way and what well, it regardless. It, it, it was a groundbreaking material for its time, really. Um, 
they all wanted in on this. And then um, people wearing suits had ideas. As they tend to do. And they also didn't get it. And here's here's what really sucks about it. They um, they wanted something weird and off the wall, so they picked up Tank Girl to make a movie, and they started making it. And then as they're watching it, they're like, oh, this is weird. We don't get it. Why are you doing this? It's like, well, that's what she does. It's like the, 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 the chase scene where she's, like, grilling the hot dog. Right. Like, they, they fought them over that. Like, that doesn't make sense. Why is she doing that? Like, because it's silly. It's funny. That's what it is. It's, it's humor. It's absurd. This is a comic book. Yes, it's a comic book movie. And it, it could have been... It, it, when they say stuff is ahead of its time, this movie was so ahead of its time. And so ahead of its time that it was punished for it. Whereas if this movie could... I mean, look at Deadpool now. Right. If they were to make this today, it would it would be groundbreaking. And I don't... But at the same time, I don't want to see it remade. I, I, I think it means... It just... It means so much more the way it is. And for what it means, even to like... Uh, I guess over the years, Naomi Watts has distanced herself from it because it was uh, a, a critical and financial bomb. But it has such a beloved cult following, and like Lori Petty is still so proud of it to this day. Like she absolutely loves it, and 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 you know, adores that role. Um, Stan Winston still has models of the Rippers like in his museum that he is so proud of those creations. Despite the fact that I get, I'm assuming it was a budgetary thing. They ran out of the money, and you see wires left and right in the final battle scenes um, from all the acrobatics. Right. Oh, and mind you, Malcolm McDowell's in this thing too, um, in his most utmost over the top bizarre, but it's perfect. Uh, and it's just uh, the execs got their hands in it, and they made edit after edit. They cut all the jokes. The there was supposedly the uh, the ice box scene lasted so much longer, and so many jokes. They literally said Lori Petty looked too ugly. You need to cut this scene down. And they even put in cutaways of Malcolm McDonald because they thought she was ugly. She was imprisoned and being tortured. Wow. And they're like, no, she's too ugly in this scene. It's like that, that it's just fucked up. Like this, it, this really was like a work of artists coming together, trying to create something great. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. So the, the suits, it, it sounds so like, uh, cliche saying it but this really is like the prime example of of execs getting their hands in the pie and just fucking things up left and right right uh and i i still like i i think when i first saw it i'm like ooh, this was rough and it was because they they fucked with the edit the story got messed around uh they cut the budget on on other things they they cut out the the dildo room scene um you know, it, it. in hindsight, now that I know all this, when you know the backstory and you watch it, you appreciate it so much more for what it is. And and what they couldn't really mess with was the soundtrack because then the soundtrack was awesome. And it introduced me to Portishead, which I'm very quite happy I'm about. Portishead. All right, uh, we should move on because we're an hour the fuck into this goddamn podcast, Squeezer. 
Should we make it a can we make it a two parter? <laughs> uh, well, no, we're gonna finish it because we get the people came for this, and I haven't done my second fucking pick yet. All right, well, hurry up. All right, here we go. Okay, so obviously this is the Tick theme song from the animated series on Fox. I'm rocking out. Yeah, and I did not. I haven't heard that in a while. I did not get into the Tick till I saw the the cartoon series, and I Agreed. became yep. obsessed. And I went. I would go to the, my comic book store. So there's a movie theater on Tillman Street, our main street where I live, and it's the theater I saw Ant Man at tonight. And there's like a shopping center there, Harbor Freight Squeezer. That's how you would know it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so there used to be a comic book store there that that would be my main one until Comic Masters opened. And I would go in there and he was like, oh, I got Tick comic books. I got Ben England's first run. And they were all black and white, but they were fucking genius. And like you realize how well Fox captured the tone of the show uh, when you read the comic books. And I, I got action figures. I got the game for... I rented the game. I mean, talk about video game rentals. I rented the game so much, my dad's like, oh, why don't you fucking buy this game? <laughs> it's hard to find, Dad. Uh, and there was a beat-em-up that lasted forever. Like, the first episode... The first, like, level is called Night of a Million Billion Ninjas. So... Yeah, that's um that's the tick was just was just that. He was funny and he's juvenile and I watched the first six episodes of the Amazon series and I love it. And Enchantress and I were just saying tonight we gotta watch the next six because they're out. But fuck man, Handmaiden's Tale, so good. Uh but yeah, if you've never gotten to Tick Comics, do yourself a favor and gun. He started as like the mascot for the New England comic book club that Ben England was part of and he drew and then people loved him so much he started he started making him like into like comic strips and comic books and then you know he got picked up by Fox he had a, the TV show on Fox he's got the show on Amazon uh, but the Tick comics are forever great and I love the action figures from Bandai um, yeah they were cool looking my buddy Matt who I talked about a lot down the street he had the man-eating cow <laughs> He was a chase guy. He found it and he sold it to this comic book store for 40 bucks. We thought we just fucking robbed the Mona Lisa. Like, we were like, $40. It wasn't even my money. I was just fucking excited. Uh, but that, that was like the bubble back then. You could do things like that. But yeah, that's a tick. I wanted to breeze through it quick because I have, I, have I have a lot of stories for a lot of these things, but but... I, I, we're we're getting smart. We're loading. I I loaded my one. I have the most to talk about on the front. So, oh, I don't. I don't learn my lesson at all. All right. Well, here's your next pick. Hopefully, we we don't have another half hour on this one. But well, I don't. I don't have any clips. So I just uh, pulled some comic book guy to talk. Oh, perfect. Um, your attention, please. Um, an episode. Hey, your attention, please. Mr. Simpson will now be autographing eight by ten glossies of Poochie, one per customer. Please form a line. There will be no cutting. I'm talking to you, Mr. Cutter. 
Pardon me, look out. Pardon me, excuse me, hot soup. Hi, kindly make one out to me and three out to my friend of the same name. And three out to my friend of the same name. Do you know how hard it was to pick one comic book guy? Clip. Oh, he was so. He's been. So I great. I probably spent a half hour just going through just random clips, just finding which one I wanted to use. Yeah, I, I mean, was. I it was between that and oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I mean, I won't say this about Dominic because he's I, I got my because he's one of the nicest people on the fucking planet. But a lot of these comic book guys were just like yes, like comic book guy. Um, so what I, what I wanted to get into, and I won't, I won't ramble long, but I want to, uh, just get people to think about it and, and go through, if you have old comics just lying around, especially older ones, like 25, 30 years ago, you know, stuff like that. I have tons of those. You got tons of them. Go through, don't pay right through the panels, pass right through, go to the ads and just and appreciate what they were selling back then and how they were doing it. Uh, I, I was trying to think of something. Atari, little... Kool Aid, and Bubble Yum. Yeah. Oh, actually, let me see. Where is it? I got. Uh, there's a Bubble Yum. Let's see. I got. I got three in front of me right now. Yeah. There's a Bubble Yum one. Um, I have Hold a. On, let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Go ahead. I have. They're off the like random off the wall. They're actually all properties. Um, that have comic books that went along with them. Okay. You were there when I bought these three. Oh, oh, okay. So, um, they're action figure lines, right? Um, one had an action figure. Because Kool-Aid had an act, Kool-Aid had a comic book line. Um, so I got a Cops, Cops uh, comic right. book. Um, and in it we, we have a, uh. I thought we were talking ads. We are. But, you know, what's... I wanted to guess the ads. On, I guess on the, the back of the on. cop ones, there's actually a, uh, uh ad for uh, WF WrestleMania. Oh, okay. On the back with Hogan rip, ripping his shirt off. We oh, also have game. an ALF that I will be paging through. Um, actually, one that I spoke of in a previous episode. And a copy of Blade Runner from 1982 when they uh, turned the movie into the comic strip. Or into a comic book. Um just as thrilling it's my favorite movie i'll admit it people get tired <laughs> um what oh yeah there's the bubble yum new bubble yum is super yum and it's a big page all the kids holding it up and yeah 1982 I, I remember tons of the like the two color mint the white and red mint mm -hmm. i remember that they had spider eggs in them yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was the rumor. Remember, that's what made them so soft. Yeah. Um, what really struck me, and it, it, it's something that you like, you take for granted now, um, is the the mail away stuff, and the ads for comic book for sales, and a lot of this goes to the direct market thing, um, which we'll we'll discuss a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the there is a kind of a thor looking figure in a baseball cap um and it's the marvel comics group checklist and price list that you can you know mail away and then they'll send you the list and then you can write it out and you know they'll send you your all your back issues you know that they were starting to collect 
Right. Uh, and then there's other ones like uh, the comic book sale, Mile High Comics. And it was a list, and I can I can barely read it out, but there is Man Thing, Marvel Team Up, Ms. Marvel, Tomb of Dracula, Thor's, and I mean some of these were going for you know seventy five cents a buck, but like there's some Thor's in there in 1982, they were selling for five bucks. Yeah. Uh, and then you would send away, and I I noticed sometimes you you'd send a check. Other ones were asking uh, for your, you can call, and they were taking credit cards over the phone, and then they would send you, you can uh, order different, uh, you can order your specific ones, or you can just get like the big grab bag, and for $25, you can have like 1,000 comic books mailed to your house. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's, that's how much. That's a good way to unload 1,000 shitty comic books back yes. then. And that, and that's also how much going into one of my we'll have a discussion later. Uh, one of the problems uh, this was a symptom of that just trying to dump merchandise. Yeah. Um, oh, who are we kidding? We're definitely we got to talk about the bubble and the bust. But um, yeah, go through. Just take the time. Go through your old comics and whether it's like the full page, like um, what did we talk about? You bought, like, you wanted to, like, build the hovercraft and shit in, like, the back of Boy's Life. Right. Like, there's plenty of those pages for all the mail-away stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember my grandfather gave me a bunch of old comic books and then have mail-away for Batman utility belts. And I'd be like, Mom, let's send this in. She's like, Ryan, this is from 1965. I don't think (laughs) if we send this in now, 20 years later... That building's not there anymore. Yeah, you're not going to get anything. (laughs) Although someone will be there to cash a check. Yeah, someone will cast a check. This but. is cool, though. I, I found an ad. Um, which one is this? This is Cops. So it was 1989. And then uh, there's an ad for 10 reasons to buy a Suicide Squad. But above it, comic book conventions. The best conventions are Great Eastern Conventions. And they have their whole list. And New York is a big one because it's two days. It's the 7th and 8th. It's the gigantic New York Convention. At the Sheraton Center Hotel on 7th Avenue and 52nd Street. Oh. And just imagine, like, remember when we started going and we used to go on Thursdays and there was no one there. Right. And that was only, what, three, four years ago? Yeah. And now take those hundreds of thousands, million people and cram them into the Sheraton. I mean. That was only 20, well, oh, Jesus, I'm old. 29 years ago, but still. <coughs> yeah. Gigantic New York convention. Crazy shit. Uh, all right. Here, Speaking of conventions, you can find some of these books because I printed so goddamn many of them, but they're some of my favorites in this whole series, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with it. Here we go. Now, excuse you might be wondering why I'm playing the Spider-Man Animated Series song. I'm not talking about Spider-Man Animated Series as much as I'm talking about the Marvel 2099 line. My favorite and the most popular was the Spider-Man 2099. And um, I remember these books came out in 1992. I was 10 years old, and I was obsessed with them. They they gave them the special, the first issues, all the special, um, uh, like, metallic hologram covers. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And this was 92? 92. Yep, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I had the Spider-Man. I had your boy, the Punisher, um, who was Jake Gallows. Um, I had Doom 2099. I had Ghost Rider 2099. Uh, and the shitty rat uh, Paul Philip Ravage book. Uh, then they did an X-Men 2099, an X-Nation 2099. And then they did uh, Fantastic Four 2099, which just were doubles of Johnny, Sue, Reed, and Ben. And it was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. There was an imposter posing as Steve Rogers. There was a Daredevil 2099, a Moon Knight, a Thor, uh, who is Reverend Cecil McAdams. Um, and then there was, there was actually... Um, a Black Widow, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Deadpool, Iron Fist, and uh, even a Hazard. Did they still have conference rooms in 2099? Why is that? For Iron Fist to sit in? Oh, right, 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 right. I, um, yeah, Iron Fist was a cool, cooler uh, guy than they made him out. Let me let me say something I forgot to say about Jeff Loeb. So, uh, I you know how much I love fucking Jeff Loeb. And, yes. Um, he, uh, his son Sam died in 2005. He was 17 years old, and he was he had bone cancer for three years, and he finally passed in 05. In 06, Sam had a story published in Superman, Batman 26, which he almost finished before he died, and his dad finished it. Uh, with the help of 25 other writers and artists who, like Sam, loved. And Jeff John and McGinnis, Rob Liefeld, Josh Whedon were all part of that. And um, the issue featured a tale titled Sam Story. And it was dedicated to Sam and a boy named Sam serves as inspiration for Clark Kent to later become Superman. Because Jeff Loeb obviously loves Superman the most. Superman for all seasons. God, read it, please. But Jeff Loeb would name Nova after him, Sam Alexander. And I, I love Nova, and I, would, I really hope, I know Marvel has the Nova, Nova Corps. I would love a Nova movie. Have you ever seen the X-Men, uh, the Spider-Man Unlimited um, cartoon? Um, I may have. <laughs> Let me look. Hang on. I retain things like water. Wait, colander. Let me look and see. How do you spell unlimited? I'm sorry. It was the ultimate. It was the ultimate Spider-Man, not the unlimited. Oh, um, ultimate. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the group, uh, and Paul Dini and Man of Action, and even the fucking Uber producer Scott Mosier all wrote for this show. So you knew it was going to be good. Uh, it was in 2012, and it's still my second favorite Spider-Man cartoon behind the original animated series in 94. Well, not the original, but the, the animated series in 94. But Spider-Man was teamed with Nova, Iron Fist, Power Man, and White Tiger instead of Jessica Jones. And it, it was it's seriously my favorite interpretations of Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Uh, and Nova's fantastic. Nova kind of plays like a, a friendly to Spider-Man they fight all the time. Sam does, Alexander. Named after Jeff Loeb's son. So there's a lot of stuff out there you could read about that, but you know, it's 
good story and that's you brought up Iron Fist so that reminded me that's how I got to Jeff Loeb's poor son passing away at a young age got you all right um yeah we're talking 2099 so yeah. if you've never read the 2099 books go out and give them a, a read the first Spider-Man 2099 is the best of all of them and it starts really good but then it gets weird but then they brought him back and there's some really good stuff to read so check out the Marvel not 2099 shit and it's um there's some good one shots too um the 2099 AD and the Apocalypse, the Genesis, and then the Manifest Destiny are in my notes as all things I would give a read to. Uh, it's a fun line. Uh, Miguel O'Hara is, is a good Spider-Man. Uh, did you, you, you've obviously, everyone read these books, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not in any, again, in any organized manner. I was that guy I could just pick up as I go, and, uh, yeah, there was no continuity in my world. Surprising how I'm, like, the chaotic one. When it comes to that, it was, yeah. it was my access. Like, I wasn't, like I said, I, I got my, my, uh, uh, my comics from an old person's, uh, uh, pharmacy. So I would go there, grab a random comic book and uh, some ice cream, and uh, I was a happy boy. Yeah, that makes sense. What, the ice cream? No, just the, the whole package. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all right, let's go on to your next pick. This game has not yet been rated. I caught a glimpse of heaven once. They stole it from me. This isn't vengeance. It's punishment. I never smile. But if I did... This would be it. Oh, this seems right up your alley. Oh, this is one of my favorite games of all time. I don't think I ever played this. Really? Oh, you should definitely check it out if you can. It's, um, I wouldn't put it in like my top five, top ten, you know, greatest games artwork of all time. You know, just uh, it doesn't go in the time capsule. It doesn't go in the space to show the aliens. Look, this is what video games are. Okay. If I am trapped on a desert island and for some reason I have a source of power and a TV, this is one of the games that I have with me, though. Okay. Uh, this game was so much fun. Uh, so Punisher for uh, Xbox and PlayStation 2. So this came out in uh, 2005. And it came out around the same time as... The Tom Jane uh, Punisher. And it was also voiced by Tom Jane. So they brought him back uh, to play that character. He really loved uh, playing that character. He loved it. He loved it. He did that indie movie. The fan uh, that, film little, that little short. Uh, was it Dirty Laundry? Dirty Laundry, yeah. Um, yeah, he did on this. He started a campaign to play him in, in the series. 
And I, 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 I like him as, as a punisher. Uh, I, there are people that absolutely despise it. No, I, I like him because you could tell that he enjoys it. And he also, yeah, he's not that big. I think so many people think the Punisher is just a big, violent meathead guy. I like the um, the tactical side of him, you know? And that's what a lot of that movie was. It was very much, you know, setting everything up and then uh, dragging John Travolta through a flaming pile of cars. Uh, but it was also th- so. Uh, yeah, but to, let's not let's let everyone know that we both love John uh, Bernthal's portrayal. Of oh, absolutely! It might might have been the I, perfect Punisher. I, I think he's the perfect Punisher. Yeah, I don't. I, I love Tom Jane's Punisher, and it's great. But uh, yeah, John Bernthal just stole the show, and it's fantastic. And I can't wait for more, especially when he's actually the Punisher. Um. What makes this game so awesome? So, what were you before? I wanted to. I wanted to go back to this. You were saying about like uh, the the certain writers weren't on certain uh, projects. What we were talking about earlier? What are we talking about? I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Um. Anyway, so if you're if you're making a a Punisher video game, or you know. A, and you have to write a script for that, right? So what better way to do that than to bring in Punisher writers? So they bring in Garth Ennis to actually write oh, nice. this video game. It, and well, that's what on that, makes... Paul Dini wrote all the bat, um, all the best Arkham City and Arkham Asylum games. And those games are insane. Yeah. They're hard as hell, and I'm too old to like be any halfway competent at it. But man, they're a lot of fun. Well, they, they, and, yeah, and the environments are just awesome. That's the way to do that. Um, but yeah, this video game was so cool because um, so it's a third-person shooter. You're a Punisher wandering around, and you're just twenty-plus guns in your arsenal, your knives, and you're just blowing heads off, and it's violent as hell. Um, the storyline is uh, it kind of bounces around from place to place. You can, do, but it's a video game, so you have to get certain levels. They got to change things up and make it interesting. Um. And they got to keep it moving. Uh, and you have a lot of, like, the Nucci's, a lot of uh, the Italian mob stuff. You get the Russian involved. Um, so a little bit of everything is sprinkled in. You get Jigsaw. You get Kingpin. You get Bushwhacker. And you, you have, like, uh, Matt Murdock's in the game. Uh, even Iron Man is there. Uh, and then you also are fighting side-by-side with Nick Fury and Black Widow. Oh, but not Steve Rogers because he fucking hates the Punisher. No, 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 Steve Rogers. No, you don't have. Uh, I mean, this was 2004 when they were developing this. Uh, no one really cared about Cap. Yeah, Cap. Yeah. yeah, or Iron Man for that matter. Or Iron Man. Well, Iron Man was there. There's like a big set piece towards at the end of the game takes place in Stark Towers, and also involves Bullseye, which it's a brutal fight, but it's not the hardest game in the world. Um. What made this game very famous was the drama that took place leading up to its release when it was trying to get its ESRB rating. It's a Punisher game, and it's very violent. Right. And part of it, what makes it so there's a cover system where you take you can take hostages and use people as human shields. Okay. And then you can also 
if they're your hostage, you can off them right away in some various fun way with whatever weapon you have at hand. There's also like stealth kills, like every other game where you sneak up on someone and it does something like a, a context sensitive kill. But what made this game so different was certain spots in each level, you'd see a little white floating skull. And if you caught one of your guys and drag him over to that, you can use that spot, for whatever is there, be it a windowsill, a drill press, a wood chipper, or a rhinoceros, and torture this guy to give you more information or to unlock something that you can then progress with the game. So, like, you would be, like, you'd hold him down, and there's be a little meter, and you'd have to, like, use the thumbstick back and forth and try to center it for the right amount of time to get them to uh, give you the information before right. you accidentally kill them or they're able to escape. Right. And then after they give you the information, you can still go ahead and kill them. Um, and it was very gory and very detailed. Um, that did not fly. So they had to do a couple things because they were only they were going to give it an AO rating. And if you get an adult only rating, you're dead because Microsoft isn't going to publish your game and Sony's not going to publish your game. Right. So there you're not on any major system. What is it? What? OA? What does that mean? Uh, Adult only. Well, why did why does. Was this before like GTA five existed because they're only an M. Yeah, no, there is still the M. That GTA Five is not nearly as violent as this game initially was oh, really? at the time. No, oh no, 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 not even close. Oh, fuck. Um, there, dude, there was cur- you, you throw a guy in a wood chipper, and he would come out the other side. The, like I said about the rhino, there you're in a zoo and you hold this guy up against the rhino cage, and the rhino charges, and then it gores the guy. <laughs> you you nickel plate a guy's head in this game. Jesus. In an auto body shop. There, there's so many fun things. There's over a hundred different ways to torture and kill someone in this game. Which you have to think the guys that came up with it kind of have to be a little messed up. And I appreciate that. Um, what they had to do was they tweaked some camera angles so you didn't necessarily see everything. And then they also uh, made all those scenes black and white. Which really is a bummer. Okay. Um, and that allowed them to go from the adult only to the mature rating. Also, you didn't you actually lost points by killing the guy after interrogating him. And because what's ridiculous about the game is part of the system is based off of a uh, like arcade style like combo system. Mm-hmm. So as you keep killing guys without taking damage, you rack up more points and you can do more damage and then you can unlock stuff. So you would always have to do two playthroughs. You'd have the one where you had to unlock stuff, so you'd save the guy, which was funny because you torture the guy, you don't kill him with the torture device, take him as a human shield, and then execute him that way, and you get actually bonus points. It actually worked out quite nicely. Then you would do the second playthrough where you'd go through and just brutalize everyone, and it was a lot of fun. Oh. Uh but it was a really fun game. Some of the shooting and stuff got a little repetitive, but looking for the context-sensitive places where you could torture guys and then um, brutally, brutally murder them in the name of uh, uh, justice, punishment, right? Punishment. Um, 
yeah, this game this game was a lot of fun. And it really it is a Punisher game. Like this could easily fit in with um any of any 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 storyline. And even if like they didn't bring Innocent to write it, like there was so much material was pulled, you almost have to give a bunch of these guys credit for just creating um you know, the world in which they kind of dropped this game into. Uh, graphics are a little rough. Uh, looking back on it, uh, I, I still have it. I got to clean out the old Xbox so it actually works right now. Um, graphics are a little rough and choppy, but for being uh, a 13-year-old game, uh, I can definitely go back and replay it from time to time. It's a lo- def- If you get a chance, check it out. Uh, check it out, but don't play it with your... Probably wouldn't play it with your kids just yet. No schmuffins. Schmuffin, you can't be in the room. No schmuffin. Yeah. No, it's a bad influence on you. Yeah. You're you're gonna start putting other little like you're gonna take your mice and put them in drill presses. Well, she might. She's mm-hmm. she's afraid of mice. <laughs> oh, poor schmuffin. She's not a good hunter, but that's why we love her. All right. Um, here's my next pick. What do you gotta do to get comics around this place? One side, red. Hey, what the hell's going on here? I was warned <coughs> about you. Take it easy before I have you removed from the Warned? Board. What the fuck are you talking about? Tell him, Steve Dave. Fuck you, fanboy. You two testosterone-seeding He-Man comic book fans finish up with this display of tough guy back and forth. I got some questions I need to answer. Look, who's in there? You gotta ask me nicely. Fuck this. Brody, get the hell off. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want. You think just because a guy reads comics, he can't start some shit? <laughs> so, there was a dark period where I started to like think I didn't, I didn't want people to know I still read comics. And I was probably like 13, 14 years old, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was too cool. And um, like no one would take me seriously. And I was, you know, I was starting to like girls. Masturbating a lot and whatnot. <laughs> You know, okay. Uh, to the, I was more interested in the Marvel swimsuit editions than the other books, but yeah, or yeah. anything Rob Layfield drew. Right. <laughs> so you know, as you grow older, uh, then I saw a movie on pay per view that got me in trouble by my mom because she caught me watching it because I, in no good right, should be watching this. Was a movie called Mall Rats, and I was like, wait a minute, if these guys are cool about being in the comic books i should be so i i wanted from the age of like 13 or wait so you thought brody was cool oh god yeah i still do this day <laughs> from the age of 13 to like what am i 30 gonna be 36 next monday i, I get it i get it wanted to be did don't forget my present i actually still have the piece of glass that i was going to use to make your last one I'll just give you the piece of glass. Are you going to slip my throat? No, I was, yeah, I was actually building you a window. We were going to create the final scene in Ghost. <laughs> um, anyway. Scared the shit out of me. I love that movie. movie makes me cry. That's, that's kind of sad in so many different ways. In a good way. Good way. I love that movie. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I, uh, I love this movie. Brody you had was... me at hello. But when you go back and when you go back and watch this movie, like if if you've seen like the cutscenes from it, there's like 20 minutes from the beginning of the movie that are just lopped off 
of like a, a reenactment of the Revolutionary War and guns going off and and Brody telling the news that he was Mr. Svenning's neighbor. That's why he says, my neighbor, right before he gives him the stink, the stink palm. Mm-hmm. None of this is registering with you? No, no, it does. Okay. Uh, but, and then like, when Jay's like, mad, fat, chick killer, they're just ADRing it. And um, when the guy runs up to him, he's like, you're the guy that done Brandy Svenning. He said something else. He just punches him in the face. Like, they're just like, we had the ADR, all sorts of shit over this. But you don't care. It's still a movie where they're in a mall. They care about comic books. And they go to the dirt mall, look at comic books. And that movie had everything a 13-year-old boy could want. And Kevin might hate hearing that, but it's true. And the movie was not appreciated in its time. Uh, But it went on to become a cult classic on DVD and Blu-ray and VHS, which was hard to get, like, like they had one copy of our local blockbuster and it, it was always out. Uh, and it wasn't until it came out on DVD that I got to see like those extra scenes and the commentaries. Kevin was like a pioneer cause he was a laser disc collector mm-hmm. and a comic book collector in like DVD commentaries and uh, extra scenes and all those extras. Uh, but yeah, mall rats, man, fucking Ben Affleck, fucking a girl in the back of a Volkswagen place really uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, just because a guy reads comics doesn't mean he can't start some shit. Stan Lee's signing comics in my mall. <laughs> it, it's fine. I'm, I would. I we should see a more of a resurgence just for you know that movie alone. He tried. He tried getting Mar, uh, Die Hard I, I in the mall made, and he, yeah, yeah. I know. Too. I was disappointed. I was looking at it <laughs> as a paycheck. Yeah, it's gonna be twenty minutes from my house. Right, but. That's neither here nor there. Mall rats. It's not here. No, it's not here. If you're not, first of all, Clerks is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. And if you have not seen Clerks, watch it. If you have not seen Mall rats, watch it. If you have not seen Chasing Amy, watch it. You can go ahead and stop there, but I suggest diving further into the Kevin Smith movie catalog. But those three movies alone are worth a watch if you haven't seen them. Well, you're, you're too much of a prude for uh, Jay and Sound Bob Strike Back? You know I'm not. But you didn't say it. I know, but I did. I said, if you want to dive further, but at least watch those three. My favorite part of that entire movie is just the amount of money wasted and then cut from the film. Oh, yeah. Well, they had a studio budget, so. Yeah, but the CGI sheep is my absolute favorite part. Oh, you're talking about Jan, and Bob. I think Mallrats is the same. Oh, yes, that as well. The CGI sheep, they, it, it, all, it all came, the bullet was the first CGI shot that they had. And then like they're like, oh, we can CGI. And they just started saying, well, we can CGI. <laughs> the unannounced wet downs that were paid for, mm-hmm. which I could speak to. But who called, who ordered the wet down? <laughs> it looks good. Let's go with it. <laughs> what did that cost? Oh, boy. All right. Uh, moving on. Squeeze, your last pick. You ready for it? Uh, no, but we've kind of been talking about it throughout the entire show, so. Yes, we have. Teenagers these days prefer more violent characters, ones like the Punisher, Wolverine, the Infinity War. They make Superman's stunts seem dated. More powerful than a locomotive. The news of Superman's imminent demise was greeted not with grief, but as lies. 
Yeah, they're not going to kill Superman. I think they do it just to get money, and then, like, he's going to revive in two days. There's too much money tied up in Superman for him to stay dead forever. Let's first of all talk about our favorite character, Infinity War. Uh, he's a great character. <laughs> News people, he's stupid. I know. Um, this was done, like, two months ago, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, th- this is... Uh, the death of Superman is all a part of what was the great comic book crash of the 90s. Yeah, everyone thought they were going to uh, retire on that... that uh, the mm-hmm. X-Men number one and the Superman, Death of Superman, black plastic book. Yep. Uh, my, my, myself included, not necessarily for that, but and, and not that I thought I was going to be rich. I thought it was kind of cool that I'm like, and, and at that age, because I was, I was maybe 12, you know, 11, 12, 13, and I'm like, wow, I like comic books, and these are actually going to be worth something. So I can still have a hobby and make money at the same time. I wasn't a very bright kid. Yeah, well, between... To be fair, no one was. Between my comic books and my uh, fossil mania uh, T-Rex <laughs> bone, I, I thought I was never going to have to work. Well, do you know how many trilobites and arrowheads I saved thinking that I was going to open up a museum? I mean, you still might. The answer is a lot. That's not uh, off the table yet. That's true. Um, what is off the table is sending your kids to college, um, with one of those, uh, what was the word that I spelled? Uh, what? The word that I spelled earlier. Oh, lenticular. Len, one of those lenticular covered comic books. Yes. Um, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be sending your kid to, um, to college anytime soon. Uh, probably not. Uh, so and even recently, was it three point two million or two point three million that uh, um, Superman went for? Ooh. Just recently. Oh, I have no idea. Um. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I thought there was a new action comic that went. It was like a a, a nine point or something. Went. I like, see those. I don't pay attention to them. Yeah. But and because and it's a rarity. So it's like Spider Man number one or Action Comics or Detective Comic number one. Yeah. Don't um, care. There's a reason that those things worth worth so much is because they were rare, and they also have a very special meaning in the timeline of comic books. Uh, and then people saw that, and then they're like, oh well, I'm gonna start buying up comic books because they're going to be worth money. And then the publishers saw, oh, people are buying up more comic books. Let's make more comic books. Oh, and they want rare ones, so let's make limited edition ones. And by the way, limited edition means you print more than, uh, you know, uh, Action Comics number one, you know, ever made. Uh, and then put them all out there or have, you know, nine different variant covers or some kind of hollow foil uh, lenticular uh, whatever, and people are buying these up, and they're buying two, three, four, five at a time. Right. They just printed more. And they just printed more. And do you know why someone isn't going to buy one of your ten uh, enameled metal, uh, 
let's pick someone. Spider-Man, whatever. Uh, do you know why they're not going to buy that? I don't. Tell me. Because they own 10 of them. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, and along with the fact that they started a more comic book shops started to open up and they had direct markets where before like stores could buy comic books and whatever they didn't sell, they could return and get credit. So they'd kind of keep a fresh inventory. Right. Now the comic book stores would have all these old comics. They couldn't sell them. The comic book stores started going under. And then also all these people had all of these comics and they weren't worth anything because everyone had them because what makes something valuable? Scarcity and demand. Right. And there's no demand if you already have it and it's not scarce if it's not scarce, which would be there being a lot of them. Right. And yeah, and then from there, everything all went to hell. And there was also a whole bunch of stunts, you know, that surrounded it. I eat a death of Superman. Right. And uh, Nightfall, but I love Nightfall, so fuck it. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was reading something up on it, and they were, like, referencing Nightfall. I'm like, I like Nightfall. But the thing I is, Nightfall had to get pushed back because and changed because <laughs> the publishers of Superman didn't know that Batman was, was doing the same kind of thing. So the a lot of people thought Batman was just like doing what Superman did, but there are there the stories were made at the same time. It's that hive mind situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even as a kid, I knew and like the same thing. Like and you know the media, of course, was also a lot to blame because they would uh, jump on these stories when like oh this comic sold for like three hundred thousand dollars, and they put it out there. It's like oh are your comics valuable and like telling you to start going through stuff, right and. Uh, no, it's not. And then they also jump on like the, oh, Superman's going to die thing. And they start the outrage story. How can you kill Superman? Until you actually talk to the people and you they interviewed some actual knowledgeable people here. Same thing, even as a 12-year-old, I knew. It's like, all right, so Superman died. He's going to come back. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a money play, of course. Right. And yeah, they, they milked everyone... Um, well, let's say they milked uh, everyone for what it was worth, and then there was nothing left. And even then, Marvel ended up filing bankruptcy. All right. Well, let's put a bow on this episode uh, with my last pick and uh, send it home. How about it? Previously on X Men. So, I have a story. Back in like '93, after the X-Men TV show came out, my family took me like we all went furniture shopping in like Lebanon or fucking at least an hour and a half, two hours away. Lancaster County. Lancaster County. I was fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. We stopped somewhere, and my dad was smart enough not to let us get out, and he knew how miserable I was. So he, being the sweet man he is, bought me a comic book. It was an X-Men Adventures comic book. I was like, Dad. It was, even it was in a fucking mini mart. What did he know? I'm like, Dad, this is bullshit comics. 
He's like, we'll just read it, and it'll help you occupy your time. Now, I read it. I still have the one he bought me. I still have it to this day. No shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, this is really good. It was like a continuation of the TV show. Same type of writing, same characters. And I'm like, I was really into it. I read it, and I started. it started becoming a regular purchase for me every month. Huh. Um, X-Men Adventures. And I got... Because, like, they would, like... Uh, they would do some of the stories that were already done in the TV, the the, the cartoon, but mm-hmm. then they started like branching off and doing their own stuff in that same style, and it was really, really fun to see other stories. Like it was like a continuation, and and that when you think like, oh, this is a shit like kids comic book, like you know, don't never 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 just count any comic book out. Because you think it might not be good. That that comic book that day saved me in the drive to. I read it about three or four times up and back to Lancaster County, where the fuck we were buying furniture. I couldn't imagine you doing that in a car, though. It was, I see little. I see little sickly Ryan them having to stop every like you know three miles. So I, you can. I don't get car sick when I write. Read when I read. Really? You know this? We drove back from Syracuse, and I read the whole time. I was reading that Michael Crane book. Oh, that's right. That was so. I was weirded out by that. Yeah, I don't get car sick when I. You were also editing the entire ride up there. Up to Utica, yeah, Syracuse. I was. Oh yeah, really, that's all. The, it's really we're gonna <laughs> differentiate between the two. Yeah, that's true. Utica, I was editing the whole way up. Yeah, I, I don't get car sick. I don't. I I can't even. I can't even look at my phone. Yeah. I can't even sit in like the back bench of a minivan without needing to throw up. And my dad had a suburban, so usually I'd get the back bench to myself. Oof, no, can't do it. Can't do it. Something about the wheelbase. <laughs> Something about the wheelbase. Oh boy. Um that this But why why can I ask, why do these take so much shit? Why X-Men Adventures? Yeah. Because it's like co opted from stories already written, I guess. Like Yeah. Like uh it's um I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's uh, adapted from the cartoon. Okay. Almost like it's like, oh, did you read a book to him? I'm like, yes, I read a book. Oh, what'd you read? I'm like, oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, the Michael Crichton novel? No, the movie adaptation. Right. Which I did do. I read them both. Sure. Of course. I could. You can't get enough. Yeah, I guess. They, they kind of relaunched this. Uh, a couple years ago with that X-Men 92 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the Secret Wars. Um, and it was set in that show, the TV show's reality. I, I forget. It didn't last too long, but it was a fun book to read. I read it on my uh, Marvel Unlimited app. And again, uh, a stupid young little squeezer. I probably ended up even like grabbing these, um, not even knowing you know, what I was getting into. I'm like, huh, I don't remember this happening last time. <laughs> and just, you know, there, mindlessly There's about 50, delving in 60 issues total. Uh, okay. But only like 10 or 15 of them are, are new stories. But it didn't matter. It didn't. No. It really didn't. Um, it kind of goes along with like you're talking about the other show, like those weird off. Uh, I don't want to even say Alf, but... 
you know, those standalone ones that, yeah, you grab for a car ride. The Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a car ride. And then I, I just grabbed this car ride, and I was like, why wouldn't I love this? I love the cartoon. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like, oh, no, get me Uncanny Dad, for fuck's sake. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's a spinner rack, so he grabs X-Men, and it was X-Men Adventures. He mm-hmm. tried, and I was yeah. pissed. I still have the comic book, though. I'll, I'll show it to you. Oh, adorable. Mm. I do have a request if I can a- ask the people to help me out because um, uh, you weren't even sure. I remember because you, you have an original X-Men, like Uncanny number one. Fuck yeah. Um, there was, I swear it was a promo. I don't know if it was like, it was like Kool-Aid did it or something. But I just remember sending away and getting like a reissue of like the original X Men, like and it was like early nineties. The 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 Uncanny number one, the Jim Lee. No, 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 not Uncanny. X uh, Men number one. X the Jim Lee X Men number one. It wasn't Uncanny. It was X Men number one, right? Or X Men number one, yeah. The nineteen ninety one October nineteen. Oh, no, 19- no, 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 no. No, the 1960... Oh, the old X-Men. No, yeah, I the have, old X-Men. The X-Men number one I have is the 1991 Jim Lee one. Oh, no, no. I, I'm talking... No, the the biggest comic book of all time was the 1991 yes, Jim Lee I, X-Men. No, I know that. I'm talking like the 1963 uh, Uncanny one. Oh, no one gave a shit. Or it's just X-Men not even that. Uncanny. It was just the X-Men. Right. Um, where it's like you see, you know... It's, uh, Angel, Beast is still humanoid, and Cyclops, Iceman, and Jean Grace kind of standing in the background going, oh, I'm dancing, and Magneto's got his whole thing going up. <coughs> um, but there was like a re, not a reissue, but it was a, a, a promotional item that like was given away. And I don't know if it was like Kool-Aid or something like that. I'm sure it had something to do with sugar. Um, I just remember getting a copy of that. And I wanted to talk about it on this episode. Um... And I I couldn't I couldn't for the life of me figure out what that uh, what that was. So if anyone anyone is familiar with it or comes across one or someone probably even has one laying around. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we decide comics. A uh, little bit of business. Check out uh, radyears.com for our summer vacation. Event. I will. <laughs> yes, uh, hopefully Squeezer will too, um, but also the rest of you fans. Uh, every day there will be a new blog, and also um, we'll be back next week with an all-new one, right? Won't we? Yeah, we will. All right, but that's all for now. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. And you have a good night. Let's talk to you next week.